By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Hello, this is Dan from A Happy Moment. I talk about gaming, wrestling, horror movies, books, and more. These are all things that make me happy, and I hope they bring you joy too as well, because it's important for our mental health to make time for our hobbies. Speaking of mental health, you are listening to Tim McCarthy and 20 Tim Minutes. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into episode 104 of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. Shout out to Dan with the Happy Moment Podcast. I was actually a guest on that podcast. Go check it out. We talk a lot about pro wrestling because pro wrestling is my hobby. It's one of the hobbies I have. Dan is an absolute sweetheart. Great guy. Go check him out. Tell him I said hello. Give him a review. And uh, yeah, then come back and listen to 20 Minutes. To learn more about me, go to 2010minutes.com. You can uh, download my app, purchase merch, see some photos of me. You can apply to possibly be a guest on the show now. Um, so yeah, pretty neat. Don't forget, buy some merch. Uh, I'm re-releasing another interview, not because I'm being lazy. It's just because I took a break from interviews, and I feel like a lot of the old ones aren't getting as much love as the new ones just because of uh, the listeners back then I didn't have and I'm doing one with Sadie Sutton of the She Persisted podcast. Smart, smart girl. Uh, she went through a lot. She went through a lot of adversity and has a great podcast. It's like teen mental health. She has a lot of great guests on there. Me and her had a really good talk. She's very smart. Very, very smart girl. So be sure to check that one out. That is a great interview. Now a little bit about me. I feel like the yeah the first part of my interviews, I mean the first part of my episodes are always just me complaining or telling you how my therapy's been going. I love it. It's like my therapy. So thanks for coming to my therapy session. I'm still waiting on my next one, which is uh, coming up. Actually, it's two days and I'm looking forward to it. I need to start writing down notes because I always forget what to talk about with him. And he's really good at remembering everything. So that's when I pick it up. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm crying about something. Um, he's a real good guy. I treat it like a stand-up routine half the time. Don't take it too seriously, but I do if that makes any sense. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I always forget what to talk about. I did talk to my prescriber. I don't know if I talked about this yet. We are upping my Wellbutrin to 150 milligrams from 100. Uh, see if that works. Uh, I told him I don't think my Adderall is working anymore. And he said um, it is, but I'm just depressed. And that's why I have no motivation. I don't seem alert. And it's interesting because like you can be depressed and not know about it. And I feel like I was being better. And like I am going through seasonal affective disorder, sad. And I feel like I've been doing good. I haven't been so super emotional. I haven't been really down the dumps, um, I guess. But I am depressed and we're going to hopefully the Wellbutrin will help me out. <clears throat> and I'm looking forward to it. Excuse me. I always have phlegm in my throat right when I start recording. I don't know why. I don't even know if this is my real voice. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to see what's going to happen with that. And hopefully my moods turn around. Articles I read for the podcast are very funny because when I read mental health podcasts, which I try to read like professional ones like the EDU websites and all that stuff. So I don't have any um, 
bad information that I'm going to give you, but it's always funny. They give bulletin points of what the article is before they, before you read it. And they know that like most people have ADHD. So they, they're helping those people out. So I appreciate those websites that do that for me so I can make it easier. Like I'll still read it kind of, but when I get bullet points or cliff notes, I'm like, thank you so much. This makes my life so much easier. A new study came out from Aarhus University in Denmark. That's definitely a name in Denmark. Aarhus uh, shows that people diagnosed with mental health disorder on average work 10 and a half years less compared to the general population. It's very interesting to me. People diagnosed with schizophrenia on average lose 24 years of working life after receiving the diagnosis. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. I can only assume that's people going on disability that can't handle the job or actually even probably being let go because of it. Uh, I know schizophrenia is a very intense mental disorder. Um, and if you go back to my interview with Michelle Hammer, she has schizophrenia and she talks about it in great length. And it's really good to get it from someone's pers uh, personal point of view. And yeah, so I think that's a lot. I, I've been pretty open about my mental illness at work. I uh, I remember I had to take time off because I really had a mental breakdown with everything going on. So I had to take some some leave from work. And I kind of just told them what was going on with me. And I think it's a lot easier for me instead of like beating around the bush. And if I have to disappear or I have to go to a therapy appointment, it's a lot easier. I might have screwed myself out of like future promotions, which I kind of know. And I know they can't like use that against me because i can like sue or whatever it is like you know how like you go to an interview and they can't not hire you because of your sex uh your gender your race i feel like that's like in the ballpark as well but like how do they how do you know when they do that to you unless it's blatant like they can get away with it they can be like yeah we don't want i don't want to hire this person because xyz and it's all like the bad reasons like how do they they must get away with that all the time like how are you gonna be like no you you don't like me because of my sex right how does that work? Has anyone ever caught somebody doing that? Let me know. In August 2022, skip this one before, FDA approved a drug called Avility, A-U-V-E-L-I-T-Y, because I gotta, uh, it, which may offer faster relief for depression symptoms than other commonly used drugs. So it's fast acting, kind of like Ativan. Ativan is like an anxiety med that like helps you out. If you put it under your tongue, it dissolves quicker. Um, I was on Ativan for a bit. I don't know why I'm not on it anymore. I think there's certain drugs I can't be on that mixes. Like I, like how I talked about, like most people with bipolar shouldn't be on Adderall, but that's just like people's preference because you can have like more manic episodes, but I feel like it's working. I'm just listening to my prescriber. He's the smart one. He's the one who went to school. I'm not, I'm just some dude being like, yeah, just give me all the candy so I can figure out what's going on. Uh, the medication is from a company called Axum, which kind of sounds like a professional wrestler. Hey, what's up, Axum? And it's a combination drug that can be taken orally at home. Um, it's especially effective for individuals with treatment-resistant depression, which I went over that last week, where medication pretty much doesn't work for you at all, and you try a bunch. And that's why people are trying ketamine. So I think this is a, another form that is gonna help out and actually look at that my notes it joins ketamine as a potential new wave of faster acting antidepressants so you can go either way i don't know how people feel about ketamine when i brought it up so I, i'm very interested to see how that is i get messages from people about it and uh, i think of people are very interested in trying it which isn't a which isn't a, a bad thing um so ability works by combining two drugs into one medication I'm not going to say this word, but it's called dex 
Trumthorfen, dextrothorpin. I said it right. I am going to say it. Is an older drug that has some modulating effects. The other drug is a combination of uh, brupropion, which is well butrin. My prescriber always says like the real word of it. I'm like, dude, I don't know what that is. Just give me like the easier word, like well butrin, not brupropion. If you can spell brupropion, you're doing good. I can't even say it correctly. This is. I need to make another podcast where it's like Tim learns English. I was never good in English class. I know how certain words work, but I don't know how to how to like how to learn them. I just hear them from other people, and I'm like, yeah, that works. Um, so where do I leave off? It's an uh, Wellbutrin is an antidepressant on its own right. However, the purpose of Wellbutrin in this medication is slow down the metabolism of dextroforfian. I'm not saying that word right, but it's called DEX. When I'm going to spell it. Uh, the new combination drug is promising future for depression treatment. Um, yeah, so it's going to be good for people that are resistant to uh, medication, hopefully. Um, it's an initial release. It shows promise for helping anyone with major depressive. And due to the different mechanism, mechaniz- mechanisms, mechanisms, I cannot read mechanisms. There's another word I'm probably going to say that's going to fuck up, but mechanism of action. It has the possibility to help people who have little success in treatment. So that's really cool. I love how this, uh, we're still evolving in this world, um, especially with medication. So that's really cool and really nice to see. Um, you never know what the future is going to hold. Maybe we just take a pill and the whole world's happy. Like even the people that can't take medication, that doesn't work for them. Now we have like a new one. It's like an eye drop and it just goes in your body. It's kind of like the whole like debit card when you use it at a machine. It's like, oh, put it in, swipe it, just uh, put it up to it and it'll scan. Like what's next? Are we just going to have a debit card in our eye and it's just going to scan our eye and be like, yep, you're all set. Your Reese's peanut butter cups uh, with Reese's puffs in the middle are paid for. If you haven't had those yet, go try them. They're bomb. Reese's puffs. Reese's. Cups with Reese puffs in them. Bomb. <clears throat> this one was brought to me by a listener and a friend. Um, disruptive and dysregulation disorder, which is DMDD. You know I like my acronym, so I'm going to be calling this DMDD as I talk. Again, it's disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. It's a childhood condition of extreme irritability, anger, and frequent intense tamper outburst. DMDD symptoms go beyond Typical being a moody child, which like a lot of kids are just moody. Um, children with DMDD experience severe impairment that requires clinical attention. This is relatively new. It's from the DSM-5, the 2013 version. DSM-5 goes over a lot of um, mental health illnesses and how they work, but they're for professionals. So I don't recommend buying that book. It is a book for professionals. So if you read it and think to diagnose yourself, it's not going to work. Um, always leave it up for the pros. Again, I'm not a pro. I'm just some dude in a closet. Holler at your boy. DMDD and autism are actually often duly diagnosed in children and adolescents. Autism is the most common co-occurring disorder in children and teens with DMDD, with 45% of young people with DMDD also having autism. It's very interesting that how those can uh, conjoin. Um, I don't know why, but there's a reason why... Um, what the determining factor is for all this. So genetic history is the strongest determining factor that could cause onset of DMDD. Uh, Among children and adolescents who meet criteria for this illness, all typically have a family history of depression, anxiety disorders, or substance use disorders in the backgrounds. That doesn't mean that everyone is like that. That could come from anybody. Um, 
but that's a, but that's what the the pros are doing with. Um, it has a lot to do with the history of depression, anxiety, and substance abuse order, disorders. Um, so again, that's interesting. So children with uh, children or adolescents with DMDD experience the following: severe temper outburst, uh, verbal or behavioral, on average three or four time, three or more times per week. And this isn't just like a typical kid like that's very upset that the mother asked him to not play video games and do his homework. Like, yeah, that kid's going to be upset and probably say some comments, but it looks like DMDD is more of a very high, intense, very mad, disruptive behavior, breaking things, saying nasty things. It looks like that. And it just doesn't seem good. And I, and I, Pray for the parents that have to deal with that because that's not easy. Even like just a crying baby, I'm like, I don't know how parents deal with that. I'm never having kids. I'm 99% sure I'm never having kids. I have my own personal reasons for that. I'll get into that some other time. No one wants to hear about me right now. But I always feel for parents that have to deal with that. So I can only imagine when it's like super severe. Um, so it's not easy. Outbursts and tantrums that have been going on for at least 12 months. Uh, so that that's an, another experience with DMDD. Chronically irritable and angry mood most of the day, nearly every day. Um, trouble functioning due to irritability is more than in, in more than one place. It can be at home, at school, with peers. Youth with DMDD are diagnosed between the ages of 6 and 10. To be diagnosed with DMDD, a child must have experienced symptoms steadily for 12 months or more. And yeah, for example, it's pretty much like the kid that doesn't want to shut off his video game. And I've seen videos like this where kids do have crazy te temper tantrums where like they broke the TV or they smashed everything in the house. I've seen one TikTok where a mother recorded everything that the child did. I'm not saying he had DMDD, but I just assume that's very, uh, very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Similar to what is going on. Um, DMDD symptoms can also occur at the same time as other disorders, uh, with irritability, such as ADHD and anxiety disorders, which I have both. I'm very irritable, but I wouldn't say, um, I have DMDD. I get pretty mad about things, but for the most part, I'm, I'm self-aware with, uh, what's going on. Medication and talk therapy is the biggest thing for helping with someone with, uh, DMDD. Uh, and if you're learning about it, that's the best thing you can do is learn about it. Uh, talk to your kids' teachers is another one that I read about. Take care of yourself as well. Manage your own stress and because it's not easy for the parents at all. Make sure you take care of yourself. Um, seek additional support. There's like Facebook groups. I can only I can only guarantee there's multiple Facebook Facebook groups about this. I'm in a couple that are about ADHD and bipolar, which some people are just too like. I don't like using the word crazy. I'm crazy, but there's a lot of the crazier people out there. And I'm not just saying like their mental health, but their mental illnesses are crazier than mine, but just like people in general are just crazy, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying, I'm not making fun of people with mental illnesses. That's far from what I'm saying, but just like people's genetic makeup and like the way they act and say things is just fucking wild sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I, I don't even want to go out in the world by myself, which I don't, which is uh, called agoraphobia. And I don't have it, but I can see that. I can see why people do it. Um, so DMDD. Um, yeah, I already said that. If you don't know what autism is, that's like um, the co-occurring thing that comes with DMDD is usually autism. Uh, autism Spectrum Disorder, ASD, another acronym for your boy, is a developmental disability caused by differences in the brain. 
People with ASD often have problems with social communication and interaction and restricted or repetitive behaviors or interests. People with ASD may also have different ways of learning, moving, and paying attention. Um, children and adults with autism have difficulty with verbal and nonverbal communications. Um, I think everyone here has dealt with somebody, uh, met somebody, I wouldn't say deal with somebody that has met somebody with autism. I know people get like... Um, that confused sometimes. So I think people learning every so often, I, like I always wondered, like when was something that I learned, like when you put your hand on the stove and it's like, don't do that anymore. It's going to burn your hand. Like, when did I learn about certain things? Like, like people that have autism, like, how did I react? Like, what did I do? Like, I don't remember that at all. Um, I've worked with uh, people with disabilities like that, autism and down syndrome uh, when I was in high school and I absolutely loved it. It was called the, uh, the Braintree Buddies, which is a town that I uh, would frequent. And it was just really cool. Um, people like that are mistreated a lot. If you ever watched uh, What What Would You Do with John Quixote's, there's one episode where it gets me so fired up where there's a gentleman with Down syndrome who is a grocery store bagger and the actress is like berating him and the people behind her like go nuts. Like if I was in that situation and that happened to me, and I'm not even saying this as like a tough guy, I would go banana land on that person. Like just, I fucking hate that. I hate people that get judged for who they are, what they are. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. So that's just my rant. Um, so yeah, some of the, um, some of the things that go with that is uh, spoken language, gestures, eye contact, facial expressions, tone of voice, expressions not meant to be taken literally, are forms of uh, autism, recognizing emotions and intentions in others, recognizing one's own emotions, expressing emotions, seeking emotional comfort from others, feeling overwhelmed in social situations, taking turns in conversation, and uh, gauging personal space, appropriate distance between people. Um and I guess like repetitive behaviors is a big one with people with autism. Again, these things, like if you have one or two of these, doesn't mean you have autism. I'm just trying to educate myself and other people that don't know much about autism. Um, and these are the word I was looking for for all of these is symptoms. The words are symptoms, Tim. Get it together. Um, restricted and repetitive behaviors uh, vary greatly across the autism spectrum. They can include repetitive body movements, rocking, flapping, flapping i don't know what that means spinning running back and forth repetitive motions with objects spinning wheels shaking sticks flipping levers staring at lights or spinning objects uh oh my god here we go is a ritualistic ritualistic a ritual behaviors lining up objects repeatedly touching objects in a set order narrow or extreme interest in specific topics and need for unvarying routine resistance to change like example same daily schedule meal menu clothes route to school those are some examples like that um yeah if you're not familiar with autism that is a that is a thing you should uh read up on and i, I can dive into that more with next week's episode because we are wrapping up right now I wanted to take a moment uh, again for everybody that supports this podcast. It's very cool when people reach out to me and it makes me feel so great. Uh, I'm getting my stickers back in. So if anyone wants stickers, let me know. And I know I owe some people some stickers. Um, so if you uh, are waiting for that, I will get those out shortly. Again, thank you to Dan with the Happy Moment Podcast for that introduction. Go check him out. Be sure to go to 2010minutes.com for all your 2010-minute needs. 
Wish your boy luck in his next therapy appointment. I'll let you know how that goes. I love you guys so much and have a good one. And we're clear. I don't know how to speak English well. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.